Welcome back to In Omnia Paratus. I'm one of your regular hosts, Angela, here with a returning guest from season one. You all know and love her as Stell, one of our sorority life aficionados, but today she's returning to us in season two as Stell, curator of the bookstagram Libros de Stell, for another book episode. Woohoo! Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back. Of course. Okay, so oh. before we really get into it, I have a couple questions for you just to like bring us in, get the get the speed going. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. Have you ever read anything by Colleen Hoover? I actually have not read anything by Coho, right? That's her nickname. Yes, okay, I haven't read anything by her either, but I have seen her everywhere now and apparently she's written like 50 books. She has, okay. Well, it's funny that you bring her up because for my birthday, my bestie gave me like four of her books. And so oh my I'll God. be- I'll be hopping on that coho train soon. That's so crazy. Like all of a sudden overnight, every influencer had It Ends With Us. Um, mm-hmm. It was in like everyone's photo dump. Uh, everyone was talking about it on Bookstagram. And I think the other one is Verity mm-hmm. or is it mm-hmm. the Verity? Variety? I think I it it's is like Verity. the dark cover. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really curious. You're going to have to tell me all about that when you start. It'll be on my Libros Estelle Instagram account once I do read them. Which everyone should be following because Stell posts not only the books, but her opinions on the books and whether or not they are worth a read. Correct. Yes, I like to do a pass-fail kind of system, but we'll probably dive deeper into that as the podcast goes along, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Cool, cool. What is currently on top of your to-be-read pile? Currently, I... So kind of like to be read slash currently reading mm-hmm. um so i'm currently reading i think it's called the japanese lover from isabel allende and so Ooh. yes i read that book on my way to work so it's my commute read and then i'm also i guess also like upcoming reads are manga or manga mm-hmm. yeah so i'm reading tokyo both. ghoul yeah both right i'm reading tokyo ghoul and then i have a handful of other books that are in my mental queue that I'm going to read soon. So I don't know the titles off the top of my head, but if you give me time, I can I can list them out for you too. So we'll see. Oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. You actually kind of like led me into my next question, which is like, how do you keep the books that you're going to read? Like, do you use the notes app? Do you use like another kind of app? Like I think Goodreads is pretty popular or do you do the camera roll? Oh, that is a good question. So do you mean, how do I keep track of the ones that I read or that I want to you're asking the ones that I want to read right yeah oh yeah okay so the the ones that I want to read I have a mix of because I do use Goodreads and I really like Goodreads a lot so I recommend using that I'm not sponsored but it would be nice if I was (laughs) um (laughs) and then I also use Barnes and Noble's like wish list and the Amazon wish list kind of thing so that's kind of how I keep track of the books that I want to order or I want to buy um so I just search them online and then I heart them or it's like add to wish list and then that's how I kind of keep track of the ones that I want to get but my book purchasing process doesn't really follow that path which is kind of funny so that's kind of how I do it. Do you go into the store and then with the intention of like these five and walk out with a different five? Yes. 
<laughs> I think we all do that. Right? Well, actually, too, like, oh, can I say something? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Because I don't want to be lagging either. Um, yeah, like, sometimes I'll go into the store and I'll just be like, I guess sometimes the bookstore is kind of like my target. So I'll walk into the store and I'll just say, oh, I'm just here for one book. And then I end up leaving with five. And, then, <laughs> and that's how I kind of get those books that end up in my queue because, you know, I bought them, so I have to read them all. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of how that kind of process goes along well I mean that is pretty good I think the last book drive that I went to I think I got 10 books and I've only read three so far and I've definitely purchased way more since I know I well I know that this podcast is interviewing me and my book experience but I really want to hear about your book experience too because you and I (laughs) both are excellent readers and we like to read a lot yes so I definitely thought we could leave this as maybe we not even so much as an interview but kind of like we have our own little book club So like I thought you would share yours and I'll share some of mine and then we'll walk away like each with maybe some new books to read and then hopefully we'll just inspire people too because I feel like one of the things that I run into a lot like going through like book accounts on Instagram is that there are a lot of people who are like hashtag book nerd, hashtag only Mm -hmm. books, hashtag like in bed by nine and it's like that's not how all like book readers are. It's like you just talked about like reading on your commute Mm -hmm. I like read in the car sometimes like when I'm waiting for an appointment like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm reading like at 10 p.m as like my like detox before I go to bed Mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's all a little different yeah and that's why like I'm very happy and excited for this talk because whenever you reply to my stories or you like the book pictures that I post I'm like yay someone's reading them because it's like you can be a reader but you could also like I don't want to say live your life But like you said, like readers aren't one stereotype. They're all different kinds of people from all different kinds of walks of life. And so you and I come from a different walk of life, but we still like to read. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think especially like for me, I've gone through like a really huge like reading evolution from when I was very young and honestly up until maybe like midway through high school. Like I Mm -hmm. took a book with me everywhere, like during social Mm -hmm. engagements, like particularly large family engagements, I would sit Mm -hmm. in a corner and read. Like I felt a lot more comfortable like on my own with a book and it like Mm -hmm. wasn't even necessarily like it was a crutch or like a social anxiety kind of thing. It was just that Mm -hmm. it was what I preferred to do and so then like I kind of realized like I had to like make different spaces but honestly I'm still kind of like that like one time I took a book to a nightclub like a <laughs> oh little itty bitty gosh. like pocket book to a nightclub because my friends really wanted to go out and I didn't and I sat at the bar and I read by the little bar light and like every oh. once in a while they would run back to me and be like woo it's so fun I'd be like oh my god yeah woo so fun like Romeo Flips like just met Juliet <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, so fun. Flips the page. Anyways. Yep. (laughs) No, I agree because like growing up, well, honestly, I also, well, I was a blend. Like I would some days bring a book and read to myself or I would bring my iPod and put in my headphones and listen to music by myself. Mm -hmm. Or I would play with a video game, like a portable video game console. But as I grew older, I kind of like, I guess, resorted back to my childhood hobbies, which is reading. And so it is really nice because you could just take it wherever you go and you don't have to charge a book. So that's pretty good. Like you don't need to bring a charger for it or anything. Right. Am I lagging? Oh no, you're good. 
Sorry, I keep asking that every five minutes. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. No, I, I think that's very true. You don't have to charge a book unless you have an e-reader. But I will Correct. say if with the paperback version, the only thing you have to worry about is that you will run out of pages. So that I know is true. when I travel, I always take like one extra book than I think I'll actually read in case I read too quickly. Because... I do the same thing. <laughs> Oh my god. My mom gets so mad at me sometimes when we travel together because I will bring like the biggest, thickest books like and I'll bring three of them. And she's like, you will not possibly get through those. And I was like, watch me. Mm-hmm. I usually make it through them. Yeah, no, that's I'm the exact same way. Like I'll bring one book that I'm currently reading and I might be only like 20% in the book. But mm-hmm. for some, honestly, I kind of relate it to like when you overpack underwear when you're going on a trip. <laughs> like I yes. overpack the books. But in this case, I'll actually read, you know, through the books quickly. So I'm just like, okay, I have this book just in case I finish the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I can Ooh, relate. Do you ever travel or like bring series with you so that like you can read just in succession? I really want to do that because I don't know the last series. I don't, oh, I lied. Okay, so there is one series that I have that I haven't completely finished yet. And it's the A Court of Thorns and Roses, I think. Oh my God, I want to read that. Yes, so that series, yeah. Sarah J. Moss? Yes, I think so. That's her. Yes, so I bought the book set because I heard really good things on Book Talk and my friend recommended me the series. Um, So I started it, but I had to pause on it because if I may be a little bit honest, because it didn't really catch my attention as much as I thought it did or it was. Um, And I was also reading another book at the time. So the other book kind of, you know, I took more Mm -hmm. interest in that one at the time. So I paused the um, A Court of Thorn and Roses, but I I hear really good things about it and I do want to read it. So if I were to travel, I probably would bring all books together in the box set so that I could finish the whole series at once. Oh my god. You're okay, you're gonna have to tell me what you think when you finish it. I actually just ordered that. So <gasps> I'm probably gonna start it in the next month. Maybe we can finish it together. <gasps> yes. Ooh, we can do like a we can do like a weekly check-in or something with where we're yes. at. I like it. I like it too. Because I'll need that motivation because with school I'll probably be like oh I'm too tired to read but yeah if we hold each other accountable we can do it Mm -hmm. oh okay and then I think this actually ties in well with my last question do you prefer to buy your books or do you like to rent them that is a really good question and I hate myself for saying this but I do prefer to buy books and I buy them paperback I think that's totally fine. I mean, I know. I know it's totally fine. But, you know, also, like, I'm trying to... It's kind of hard because I know our generation is very, like, environmentally conscious. And we want to, you know... We want to do good stuff. Yes. That's the only thing where I'm like, um... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's the only thing where I'm like, oops. But I really do like um, paperback books. And so I buy them in store or online. Um, Mostly, though, right now, because I want to create my own library. So, like my own mm-hmm. home library. And so I don't have the space for that right now where I'm living, but I hope to have my own in the future. And I really want to fill it with those books that I've enjoyed. And so that's the main reason why I'm buying them instead mm-hmm. of renting them. But what about you? Do you buy or do you rent? So I do both. Honestly, if I could, I would buy every single book just because it is very rare for me to find one that I actually don't like in some way. Mm-hmm. Like I think I've only read a handful of books that I have said I will never 
never pick up again. I do reread yes. a lot of my books, so I look at it as an investment there. Yeah. But at the same time, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I think honestly, like I can go through like an Amazon cart or like walk through Target or into Barnes and Noble, like literally anywhere like with books. And all of a sudden it's like $300 worth of books later. So I try to go to like library sales, thrift shops, um, like yard sales, like places where like books are discounted already. Mm-hmm. So that way, like if I can find a good deal, I like it. Um, it is a little hard though, because sometimes you get people who like write in books or highlight and I don't really love that. Oh, I don't like that either. Yeah. So my current compromise like with myself that I've been working with for the last few years is that I will try to read as many books as I can from the library. And if I Mm -hmm. really, really like it, then I'll buy it because I know I'm going to reread it. I like that a lot. That's a really good workaround. Yeah. Like especially like, okay, I'm kind of weird. Every July, I devote Uh the month to rereading books that I really like. Like I don't read anything new in July. It's just like I pull out all of my favorites. I create my stack and I create the order in which I want to read them. And then I go from there. So like anything that I read in July, I own. That's what I want to do. Because like there's books that I've read like as a kid that I kind of want to reread again. And I'm talking like series of unfortunate events. Yes. Uh, Yes. And I'm talking like the Magic Treehouse series, like things like that. Where it's kind of like, oh, I kind of want to read it again. But for me personally, I want to buy it this time so that I can Mm -hmm. own it. Because back then and still now, like a lot of the sets are pretty pricey or Mm -hmm. like we we should have another podcast for the Scholastic (laughs) Book Fair. I could talk hours about that. Um, oh my so I really want to do that so that's really cool that you reread them and I want to hear like your ratings to, not ratings we can also talk about that too but like your perception rereading it at like a different point in your life those books I cringe just as hard at like young adult like love scene crushes like uh-huh. now as I did back then I'm just like oh my god he just said he likes her and I like slam the book closed and I have to like put it down and just like give myself a minute and then I can pick it back up again I literally act like I'm a little kid again all over I love it when like a book makes you like yeah blush or like I squeal so other times I'll be reading a book and I'm like like I'll do that obviously to myself or I'll yes, be like oh laughing God. yeah so it's kind of funny because it's like you're not watching it but you that means you and I have great imaginations and all readers out there who read because we're imagining it I am at least I don't know about you yes, in, yes. in my head so yeah Okay, so like quick segue, Jay was actually telling me, I think it was like last week, that there are some people that can't see images like in their mind. Like they just, they don't think in terms of like pictures. Uh-huh. And that's like unfathomable to me. Same. Like how on earth would you enjoy reading if you couldn't imagine what was going on? I know. I I think I heard that once too. Like there's studies or research about that that there's like mm-hmm. different or two different kinds of people, one that can imagine those things in their brain and the other that are very like not logistic. What's the word? Or I don't know. I th- I know what you're saying. But yeah, I've heard that too. And it kind of like blew my mind because I was like, oh, well, when I'm reading things, like I see it like it's a movie in my head. And I think mm-hmm. that's why also when people say like, oh, the book is better is because the movie doesn't um, portray often like how like, you originally thought of it. Yes. Or even like just how the author described the story in the first place. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, I think um, I think this actually like puts us up for a good intro to our first 
book. Mm. For all of you listeners, I asked Stell to think about five books that have made an impression on her, that her soul felt a connection to, that she really wanted to share with everyone as like something that she thought that they should know about. And I thought of five myself. Full disclosure, I had a really hard time doing this and I think I made the list like seven different times. Uh And honestly, at this moment, I only have three of them next to me. So I'm just going to wing it with the last two because I really couldn't decide. No, I agree. Because I agree. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really funny that you talk about like, um, like reading and imagination because the first book that I think everyone should know about is The Shape of Water. (gasps) I haven't read it and I haven't seen the movie either. So let me actually pull this up really quick. The book actually came after the movie. That's why. Okay. So it's written by Guillermo del Toro, the director who made The Shape of Water, and author Daniel Krauss. They wrote it together because Guillermo del Toro said that as much as he loved the film, it didn't get to capture everything that he wanted to. He's like, there were so many more layers and little details in the story that he couldn't fit into the movie. Because I think it's already almost three hours. And he said Mm -hmm. if he made it the way he wanted to, it would have been 10 hours. So he partnered with this author. And they wrote the book and published it. It came out, I think, maybe about a month after the movie. And it is one of the most beautifully written books I have ever read. I will look into it. Wait, so how did... I'm kind of curious, like, the screenwriter or, like, how did they come up with the movie idea then? So the movie existed first and it inspired them to write the book. Oh, okay, there we go. (laughs) Yeah, so they did, like, this whole little, like, reverse swear instead of the book inspiring the movie, the movie inspired the book. And what I, like, personally really like, and it's not necessarily related to this, but there is kind of, like, a slow wave building in, Mm -hmm. like, this kind of role reversal. So, you know the show You on Netflix? Yes. So the author of the book series, Caroline Kepneys, I think is how you say her last name, she Mm -hmm. originally wrote two books, and she was only going to leave it at the two books but there was such Mm -hmm. fan like backing for the story to keep going that she is going to write I think she's written one more and she's gonna write another yeah I like it when they do that too because it's like oh the story continues Mm -hmm. and I read both of those books they were really good of you I really like the first one I've only read half of the second one because mm-hmm. I I love love when I can't do it without her in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> well I say they were good because I read them a while ago. So, I but I did really like the first one. The second one, you're right. I don't really don't remember, but I remember it's being very spicy. I can imagine. Like for all of you who haven't read it, we can we say we recommend the U series? I would say yes. Like it definitely not for the faint of heart. Like no. obviously, like as you know, if you have seen the Netflix. Show, it does involve like personal stalking but it's a very compelling story and the way that it's put together like all of those different layers yeah it actually is also a good segue because it reminds me of one of the books that I'll be recommending for my top five go for it Woo! one of the books that I recommend and I'm not sure if you might be familiar with it and I know that my high school friends are probably going to laugh or scream and be like what the book is called The Collector written by John Fowles and right now I cringed because because when I googled it, the it showed another cover and it was like of a scary picture. And so now I'm like, no, 
Um, I don't think yes. I've ever read that one. Okay, so The Collector is about a young man who basically falls in love with this stranger that he sees walking on the street. Very familiar mm-hmm. to the You book or the You series. I mm-hmm. think it takes place sometime in the mid 1900s, so like 20th century, maybe 1930s or 1950s, something like that. And we read this book in my IB English literature class, and mm-hmm. it it's very much like you, so very much like an unhealthy obsession with a stranger and kind of like the lengths that this man went to to win her love. Um, and it is kind of like mystery, a little dark but we did read it in high school so that tells you that it's not entirely inappropriate but it is very suspenseful and so I really like that story and so you should read it if you have the chance that sounds good is it written in um like is it set in the Americas in Europe good question it's set in London and I think the surrounding areas over there Ooh, so could we call it like lightweight Jack the Ripper vibes maybe yeah but I don't want to give anything away so it's kind of like yeah it's really good it's giving maybe Jack the Ripper a little bit of you (laughs) well when I say a little bit of you it sounds like I'm talking about you but you know what I mean so yeah that's one of my recommendations and it's really good and we learned about it in IB English Lit and there's a lot of good literary things in there if you like looking at that stuff or if you pick up on that stuff it's really good for you to kind of explore fun okay so for those who are unfamiliar can you let us know what IB English Lit is oh yes of course I feel like one of those um people who always say oh I have AP lit AP gov next oh I have AP this next um you know back in high school but (laughs) IB is for we might have to edit this stuff out because it's taking me a minute international baccalaureate okay I have never heard of that one before oh okay wait did you guys not have the IB program at your school I don't think so so I went to a really small like school so we went from AP to I think after AP anything you wanted like was for college credit oh okay like community colleges or wherever you happen to have a connection to like get into a college class oh nice we had that too but yeah so basically IB was kind of like the um I guess supplement I don't know it was like in addition to AP so you had the Mm -hmm. AP classes which were advanced placement and then you had the IB which was the international baccalaureate and that was kind of like a little bit more advanced than AP but they often grouped us together so you could pursue your IB I don't want to say diploma but it was like a program that you could be part of Mm -hmm. and um I wasn't in it so I don't really know how to describe it but I did take some classes from it and most of them I think English was the only one that you could I was an AP girl myself but yeah basically we learned this in English class since in senior year of English I like it and if well we can link some more information about the international baccalaureate program in the show notes yes and I will google for that too because I'm kind of like (laughs) how do I describe it but what is your next pick my next pick is actually here I can show you the cover of it right now it's called come fly the world Mm -hmm. the jet age story of the women of pan am so (gasps) this is actually written by a condé nast journalist her name is julia cook and her grandmother was a pan am stewardess as they were then called and she grew up on her stories about what it was like to work with pan am and like be like one of the few women 
women of the time that got to work and live independently and she then like got together all of these other women who were flight attendants with Pan Am and wrote a book about it so she like dives into the history of the business but then also like how these women like took a job and made it their own I really want to read that because I remember there was a show on ABC called Pan Am, right? Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. 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 And like, I think that's kind of the detail that I would like to learn more about because I remember hearing like they were treated like celebrities back then. They were very Mm -hmm. like respected and um, not famous, obviously, but you know, like it was kind of like a big deal to be a Pan Am woman Mm -hmm. or lady. So that's really cool. I didn't know that they have a book on that. Yeah, it's amazing. So they actually have a couple books and I grabbed this one because I liked the way that it was set up. So each chapter kind of functions individually as its own like short story so generally like each chapter revolves either around one or two women and like the retelling of their experience and then how it related back to the company so um like for example there's a like an entire chapter about like this one woman's um interview process from like some getting her application submitting it going in for an interview and then actually going out to training and what that was like for her but then it also explores the standards and and like of what was required to be a Pan Am stewardess and then mm-hmm. how like women then worked around that. So like for example, like to be a Pan Am stewardess at the time, like you had to be between like 5'4 and 5'8. You couldn't weigh over a certain amount. Like your hair had to be short, like it had to be like shoulder length or above. Um, Like they had to like wow. know how to dress well. Yeah. They had to know how to do their makeup. And when they were hired, they were put through like an eight week intensive course on like how to do all of that but then also how to change tires on a plane how to like check or jet fuel leaks how to like replace and like patch like small pieces of the wing if they were damaged in flight Mm -hmm. like it's crazy it's like they were hired like essentially to be eye candy but then like given all of the tools to like essentially be like engineers and diplomats and soldiers like there's actually an entire chapter in there about how Pan Am actually partnered with the U.S. government during the Vietnam War and they flew soldiers like to and from the war zone and so all of the stewardesses or flight attendants see you read it enough and then you just get stewardess stuck in your head all of the flight attendants were actually given um, status in the US Army that listed them as first lieutenants so that way if they were ever captured they could use that as leverage to be traded back as a prisoner of war wow see and right okay uh, yeah I will definitely be reading this book because recently with my you know my traveling um mm-hmm. I've always with traveling and with the flight attendants doing their job I've noticed that wow they have to do a lot and I feel like people don't really give them the credit that they deserve because they are giving customer service they are mm-hmm. you know looking at their best you know their tip-top shape and they have to memorize that script on safety and like you know welcome to this airport blah 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 like mm-hmm. they have so much much things they need to do and then in the event of an emergency they're kind of like the backup uh, emergency personnel not officially but you know they're kind of there they're trained in CPR and oh, stuff yeah, like totally. that. Oh yeah totally. Yeah and then they are also servers because they have to serve us your food and the snacks and like all these different kind of things and I'm like wow mm-hmm. like they're doing all of this and in heels and like on top of that they're dealing with customers that you know it's just a lot and like people don't really think about that because 
because you're just like they're traveling, going to your destination. But these ladies and gentlemen, because there's also gentlemen flight attendants, mm-hmm. they do a really good job at what they're well, what they're hired to do, I guess. And then there's that movie. Have you seen it with is it Gwyneth Paltrow? What is it called? It's where like she becomes a flight attendant. Oh, um, sorry. Ooh. When you said that first, I immediately thought of the Jodie Foster one where she like loses her daughter on the plane. Oh no, <laughs> which is obviously not at all it's what called, you're talking about. No, it's called View from the Top. Oh, I haven't Have you seen, ever seen one. it. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you watch it, it's going to connect a lot of dots, I think, with that story. Or I'm sorry, the book that you've read. Probably not mm-hmm. exactly, but everything that you're mentioning kind of reminds me of that movie. All right. I'm going to add that into my list. Mm-hmm. And then, wait, really quick. Have you seen The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Cuoco? No, I haven't. It is intense. I'll watch it. <laughs> is it? Okay. It is intense. I think season two just came out. Oh, it's a series? Yeah. It's on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. I need to get on HBO Max because I'm not. So that's probably why I'm missing out on all the shows. But I will because I know there's really good shows on there. But anyways, back to books. Yes, back to books. Which is your next recommendation? My next recommendation is called The House on the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. I think that's his name, so we'll have to we'll have to fact check that. Can I tell you a little <laughs> bit about it? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so um, I'll start off with the book itself. So when I was walking through the bookstore, um, this cover really stood out to me. And so it was one of those purchases where actually a lot of my purchases are I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I do that a lot when I go book buying. And so sometimes- I totally do too. Yeah, sometimes it works out for me. And this was a time when it really kind of blew me away. Um, So I don't really read the back of the books because I kind of like to just like, you know, get a surprise mm-hmm. when I read the story. Sometimes I'll glance at the back just to like see a little bit, but I try not to read too much about it. Um, So I just was kind of like intrigued by the cover. I picked it up and I read it. And it's basically the story about a- we'll call him like a social worker he's kind of like a caseworker for magical youth oh kind of yes so kind of think of the magical youth as foster children or children who are up for adoption kind of like that kind of health and human services agency but if it was for magical youth mm-hmm. and so he works name is La- no what's his name I don't remember his name but this gentleman works as a caseworker there and one day he gets called on this super secret top secret sorry I still <laughs> <laughs> he gets called on this top secret um, investigation to see if a foster home is deemed fit to foster these magical youth. And so he goes to this house, this house that's on a beautiful cliff that overlooks the sea. And once he gets there, he reads the files of the children and the children have different magical capabilities. And it's really, you know, he's trying, he's, he's really by the book. So he's not the type to get emotional over this the children that he meets or anything like that and so he gets sent on this case and he finds out that one of the children there is actually the spawn of satan himself oh (laughs) yes and so in the file it says that um there's a child there named what's his name i don't remember the child's name i have to double check i think it's nikki but let's so there's a child there and in the file it says that the child is the antichrist and so he kind of freaks out and he's like oh this 
this is why it's a top secret mission. And so you read the story. Oh, and I love the story so much because it's really kind of something you don't expect. And it even the book itself says like, oh, it makes the Antichrist look like a person or like feel like a person. And so um, I don't know, it's just a really good story. It's about like friendship, about families, um, about different personalities. And in the story, the Antichrist is like a six year old boy or something. And so I think that's also why um, it's kind of like, oh, this is like a fun story. But it's really funny, too. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know, you're probably like, oh, what is she talking about? So yeah, do you have questions about the book? Because I will answer them. Okay, I well, first of all, when you're like, he's a six year old child, I immediately thought of the omen. Oh, um, yeah. Because I believe he was also like a six year old child. And I'm like, I don't know if this sounds amazing. But as you were talking about this, I think I remember seeing this on your bookstagram. So I'm looking yes. for the cover because I remember it was beautiful. It was. And so I'm now trying to like reconcile this in my mind. Like story of the Antichrist in this like, oh, there you yeah. go. Libro Sadel. Yes. Yeah. No, there it is. It's, yep. it's so beautiful. And, and the thing is, it's not focused on the child being the antichrist it's just like mm. that's kind of like it's like oh that's the big deal out of this case but it's like no not really there's a bunch of other children who have their own like insecurities and issues and it also is really interesting because I think it does touch on like discrimination and um I don't want to say racism but maybe because it's always like oh the magical people and then the non-magical people and then the the non-magical people are like oh your kind don't belong here or we don't like you guys, you're dangerous. And so I think you can kind of interpret it in that way where it does touch on Mm -hmm. discrimination. And so it's really good. I hope you can read it. I will look for this the next time I'm at the library because uh, honestly everyone like the color is beautiful it is it does not look scary at all so I think we can believe Stell when she says that it's a great story of friendship oh yes because I'm not one who likes scary stories or anything so the <laughs> fact that I continued to finish the story is a good sign no but it also like makes you laugh like I haven't had a book mm-hmm. that's made me laugh like that because it's like little things where it's like the antichrist will like I like the antichrist his name is an antichrist but i just can't remember his name in the story so like mm-hmm. it'll show him doing something to freak out the caseworker and then the other kids are like hey you need to stop that or like it's not working on him or some like little silly things like that <laughs> that i think you'll catch on but okay okay yeah wait do you think my, would my this favorite. would this be like a like young adult novel is it just like general like adult fiction like where would you like put it in the realm Ooh, i would say maybe like if you're i I think 14 and up works. I think okay. it is for like adults, but I don't think the way that it's written, it's not inappropriate and it's not vulgar. Like, you know, okay. younger adults can read it if they would like to. Yes. Nice. So that's my recommendation. What about yours? Yours next one. I don't know if you're actually going to like my next one because it is a little bit scary. <gasps> What is it? Let me pull it out. This is When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. (gasps) I've seen that. I actually picked this up about, I want to say almost like two years ago. I think it was early 2020. We were definitely like early pandemic. Mm -hmm. And this was one of my like, oh, like it looks cool kind of purchases when walking around. Like Mm -hmm. I was going through like taking pictures of books that I wanted like in a store window. And this was one. One of them um, I do that I'm too. that person I keep I, I keep too. my to be read list in my camera roll so I have to
have to scroll and like find like periodic patches of like 25 books that I have to like count through. Mm -hmm. But this is, it actually says on the front, this is a thriller. It's actually set in present day Brooklyn, New York. And it's the story of Sydney, a woman who has recently been divorced and moved back to her childhood home with her mother and her best friend. And she is like uh, working at a school trying to build her own business as a tour guide and like the preserve um historical Brooklyn which was actually a historically Mm. black neighborhood and she's trying to like uplift her community and culture and celebrate it to the world all the while while gentrification is going on and I say this is almost like reading get out oh wow okay yeah I honestly I cannot wait for Jordan Peele to make this into a movie like the author Alyssa Cole she is an amazing writer and I think that he needs to work with her to bring her vision to life because I think that he could actually do that because Uh it's very similar to what he kind of already does and so he could like help make that transition I think other people could probably do a great job but they would put their own creative spin on it but because they're already in such a similar wheelhouse I think that he could just like bring it as it is and show it off as like the artistic majesty that it is on its own I mean, the way you described it too, it same page as Get Out, very similar. I like it. And it's funny because I know you said, oh, you might not like this one because it's scary. I do like thrillers. And this one exactly I saw on the Target app and I wanted to read it. I might have gifted it to my friend for her birthday, actually, or for Christmas. But now that you explain it, I want to read it even more. I totally, like, totally, I recommend it. Let me know when you read it and I'll read it again too. Um, I read this like six times now and I can't get enough of it. You know what? Do you think maybe I can do a little shout out with the books that you've read and make posts about it and kind of put your review on it? Oh my god, yeah. <gasps> Yay, and I'll hashtag it like Libros de Angela. Oh my god, well, do you actually want to partner with my bookstagram? Wait, you have one? Or do you, did you tell me about it? I didn't. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> So I didn't want to tell anyone until it was officially ready, but Jay found it in my phone. So I told Amanda. And Um, now it has to be officially ready. Woo! Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So you, Jay, Amanda, and the rest of the podcast listeners know that I have a bookstagram. Yay! Well, I'm glad that I know now. And yes, I would love to team up. Oh my God. But I totally love it. Libros de Angela as well. Um, Sorry. Here, hold on. I'm going to turn on a light really quick. No, I'm me too, because I'm kind of like, <laughs> yay. I can see you. I know. Okay. So like one of the things I wanted to do, particularly with this author, like I haven't had the chance to read any of her additional books yet, but she actually... What is it called? No One's Home? uh, When No One Is Watching. Oh, here we go. So Alyssa Cole is actually an award-winning author of historical, contemporary, and sci-fi romance. Oh. Technically, all of her novels do fall into the romance genre so it's like Uh, okay a very interesting little like jump because you know how like when you think of like a romance novel you think of Fabio and like those covers from like the supermarket when we were like in fourth grade or whatever yeah (laughs) but like this is a romance novel like look at this cover yeah 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so crazy because it's just like, I feel like it shows how much the genre has evolved because she also yes. does like sci-fi romance. Well, like right now when you were talking about it, I Googled her books and you're right because mm-hmm. all her early books look like Fabio yeah. and like Bridgerton-ish. But then that one that you have in your hands is, like, different, but it's the same genre. Yeah. So it's, like, a little different because it's, like, a little scarier, but, like, still technically I qualify this as one of her romance novels. I like it. I will definitely add it to my list. What is your next pick? Okay. I feel like, and I don't play fantasy football or something, but I feel like that's what we're doing (laughs) with our books where it's, like, Okay, tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. Um, I guess I have three left. Can I say the three of them left and just kind of give like a little bit of what each one is? Yeah. Okay, cool. So one of them is called The Midnight Library and I believe it's Matthew Hyde. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I love that one. Um, I think it really helped me. And I said this on my a bookstagram that when I read it, it kind of like uh, gave me like, I don't want to say peace, but peace of mind a little bit because I tend to overthink things. And so that story kind of made me realize that like my life, how it is now is okay, because there could have been other forms of me and other timelines, kind of like mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe timeline thing that like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> yes. Like there could have been other versions of me that might have ended up differently for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And so I really liked it. What were your thoughts on it? And I know we'll describe to the pod what the book is about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very like similar sense. I also am one to fixate on things where it's mm-hmm. like if I do something that feels like slightly embarrassing five days later, I'm still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that like I'm trying to work on is to let go of a little bit of that. So this was actually a recommendation through my anxiety class. Oh. Um that we got like a recommended book list of like things that we try to read when we felt like we needed like, a like safe moment. And that mm-hmm. book was actually on there. So. For the pod, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, or Matt Haig, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is a story about a young woman who finds herself in a space that is a library of her life in summary. And so that library of her life has different books where it's kind of the different outcomes that her life could have turned and so Mm -hmm. she can choose one book and kind of experience that life for a little bit but then the time it's kind of like there's a timer and so she gets to experience that life and then she can go back to that library um and that's kind of all I want to say because I don't really want to give away the story (laughs) um so yeah it's called the midnight library so just kind of imagine and I remember telling Angela like or and I put this on my book review kind of that King's Cross station in the Harry Potter Mm -hmm. and the Deathly Hollows yeah yes Deathly Hollow scene where he's walking with Dumbledore. That's kind of what I imagined when I was reading the story of the woman walking through the library, kind of walking in this like blank space or like we don't know where she is. It could be in her head. It could be heaven. It could be in her imagination. But that's up mm. to the reader to decide. And that's one of the great things about reading. It is because you can imagine it yourself. 
Okay, should I go for the next book? You should. All right. The next book I have on my list is called Crying in H Mart, and that is written by Michelle Zahner. Oh, okay. I haven't read that one, but I've seen that everywhere. Yes. So this book was recommended to me by a close friend, and it's also been on Book Talk, and I've seen it a couple times over the internet. And so I was intrigued to read it. And I know that the author is the singer in the band Japanese Breakfast. And so it's really a memoir of the author and like her experience with her mother being sick um, and so I enjoyed this book because I have dealt with a relative who has been sick um, particularly my mother and so I'm still happy that I have my mom with me today but this story really does kind of dive into um, that experience of having your parent be sick and her mm-hmm. dealing with that as a young adult and I know we got really serious but no it's really a good it's a really good book and it talks about that so if you can relate to that um, it's really nice to have someone that can relate to that in this story Um, Mm -hmm. and if you haven't experienced that yourself it is very I would say eye-opening so that you could understand your friends that have um, relatives that are sick or that have you know gone through hardship Um, and it's good I like the I like the story it's good it's based on her real life and so there's some truth to that and it can be a little emotional but it is very Mm -hmm. well written so I recommend that story I'm definitely Definitely gonna have to pick that up. I had no idea that it was about dealing with illnesses yes. and relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew it was a memoir, so I just like I added it to my like memoir list. And I was like, when I feel like it, I'll get there. But I feel like it's definitely moved up a few bars for me. Yes, yeah, because the title "Crying in H Mart." So as you may know, or as some people may know, H Mart is a very popular. I believe it's Asian, um, like chain or like store chain mm-hmm. or yeah. And so I at first was like oh it's just gonna be like a memoir on her life as like an Asian American or um, you know something like that which Mm -hmm. still intrigued me because I was like yes representation I want to read it but once my friend told me kind of the details of what it was about I was more I was gonna read it anyway but I was kind of more looking forward to how she described it and it was very well written so I like it a lot. I'm definitely gonna have to pick that up next time I'm at the library. Yes ma'am. Are you ready for my last recommendation and then you can do yours. Yes, I'm ready for it. All right. So the last one is called... Oh, how can... Hold on. Let me see because I forgot the title. <laughs> it's okay. your last recommendation, but like... <laughs> and, yeah, and I forgot the title. And it's my favorite one too. Um, So it's called A Long Petal of the Sea and it's written by Isabel Allende. I just got that. Yes. Okay. So that's one of my recommendations. And can I tell you the story behind it? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. So I was actually walking through a bookstore as per usual. And I saw this book on the shelf. And the last name is what really stood out to me because Allende, I have heard that last name before. I have friends with that last name. And it also sounds similar to my last name. And so I was in my, (laughs) I was kind of like in my zone. I love it. Yeah. I was trying to find more authors that are um, you know authors from different kinds of cultural backgrounds and so that last name really caught my attention so I picked up the book not knowing anything about it and the cover obviously was very pretty and blue and blue is my favorite color so I grabbed it and I read it and it's the story about a doctor in the 
20th century who is from Spain and it talks about the war that went on in Spain I believe the civil war that went on over there and Mm -hmm. how this doctor had to migrate to South America and it's a really good story it talks about family it talks about romance it talks about war and I really liked it and I hope you like it too and I like to keep my description short because I like people to kind of read it for themselves so that's why Mm -hmm. a lot of my stuff is like oh and I hope you'll enjoy it or like (laughs) oh you'll find out more because I really want people to pick up the book and say like oh this is what it's about and this is what I like about it so yeah and remember of the sea yes what (laughs) and remember you can always see more of Stell's thoughts at at Libros del Stell yes thank you for the Mm -hmm. shout out (laughs) yeah so what made you want to pick up that book honestly I loved the cover Mm -hmm, it's really pretty yeah it's what is it I think I got the one it's like the red and orange like it almost looks like a leaf pattern like they're falling yeah oh yeah oh no I have house of spirits but this one too I think it was like I honestly think it was one of those like weird 2020 reprints so like have you seen any of the articles where like they've talked about like the books in 2020 and 2021 that just all had like a weird blobs on the cover and like people were buying those up like crazy no I haven't seen those Oh god. okay I'll have to send you that article it's really funny and I noticed a lot of the books that I bought in 2020 and 2021 looked like that and I've since noticed that a lot of those books are now in reprint with completely different covers. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about because some of the books that I have bought do not have the same (laughs) covers as they do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like someone threw out major like book cover shade and then all of these publishers were like, nope, reprint. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Well, yeah. So I hope you enjoy it (laughs) because it's good. And I know a lot of what I'm saying right now is like, oh, it's really good. But all I care about is if you the reader read the book and if you enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it that's okay because we're all entitled to our opinions and so that's why on my bookstagram I do it more of a pass or fail so my kind of method is like yes this is a good read you'll Mm -hmm. enjoy it but if it's not that good of a book I will just say not a good read because you know sometimes you gotta draw the line somewhere so I don't really rate the books like a five like on a scale of one to ten or like on a scale of one to five it's more like Mm -hmm. yeah it's good or like no don't bother reading it so how are you are you the same way for that and with the books that you read kind of honestly like I'm still trying to like figure that out because I have some I have some very strong book opinions so I don't want to yeah. I don't want to put someone off of something that they might really enjoy but yes I, I agree I do have a few questions for you on the pass fail system okay do you have like a certain criteria that like it has to meet to pass or like if there are certain things that happen like that it's a fail or is it just a vibe yeah that's a good question because because I'm still trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> I really think though that it comes down to the writing and the plot. Because mm-hmm. if if you're, and I write this a lot in my reviews, like sometimes you can tell when authors just put filler words because mm-hmm. it just, it's just filler. I don't know. Like you can just kind of read it and you're like, okay, how does this, this doesn't add to the story. Like this isn't really necessary. Um, and then the other thing is the writing because sometimes they can be writing in like, first person or third person but sometimes those points of views don't really work for the story and so Mm -hmm. I think those are just the two biggest criteria because 
I don't know, it's just rough. Because I'm not the best writer either, but when you read something, it should kind of flow naturally and kind of just like make sense. But sometimes mm-hmm. when you read things, it just doesn't. And so that's why I would just say like, oh, maybe this isn't a good read because it doesn't flow naturally or because like mm-hmm. the words don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. But what about for you? How do you determine if it's a good story or if it's not that well? Okay, honestly, sometimes it comes down to whether or not I like the way that things end up. Um, no, I agree. That's, that should have been my third criteria. I am trying really hard to like take a step back because I know like I can be a little bit critical and just because like I don't like the way that things ended up doesn't mean that it's a bad book. But there have been a few that I've encountered that I don't love the way that the story is told, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, So there's actually one, I guess, what would you call it? It's not necessarily a memoir, but basically, okay. So do you know the Broadway musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? <gasps> Okay, I've heard about it, but I didn't know there was a book about it. So one of the guys that was writing the musical wrote a book about it. And basically he wrote almost 600 pages about why it was doomed from the start. And he Mm -hmm. basically put all of the blame on his (gasps) co-writer because he, and honestly, like, I think it was really shady of him to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he kind of like made himself out to be this really big victim of like, oh yeah. And then like, ultimately like I had to like get her fired because other people wanted her fired so I had to jump on the bandwagon even though I was in love with her and by the way like I had a wife and a kid in like another state but like I loved her but then I had to have her fired and then I had to sit there and just like feel all of my hurt and shame while I went on the press tour for this musical that we worked on together oh my gosh yeah I didn't yeah I really didn't love that (laughs) I think maybe like three or four chapters in was like, I'm going to finish this book, but I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree because, and sometimes too, for those nonfiction books, like oh, there are chances where the author can, it just turns into a rant or it just turns mm-hmm. into venting instead of telling their story. And so that is where it gets hard because it's like, okay, like I see this is your story you're trying to tell, but the way you're telling it is just not working. <laughs> Yeah, like I feel like at any point if you're ever reading a book and you find yourself like skipping entire pages like mm-hmm. because you can't focus on them, that's generally a problem. Yes. And it's and like I even after like, – Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, and like even after you've had a snack, drank some water, taken a nap, whatever, and like you still can't focus on them, there's most likely a problem. Yes, and thanks – shout out to my bestie. She taught me that the phrase DNF is a thing on book talk or it's also known as did not finish or did do not finish and oh, that's yeah. kind of yeah I didn't know that was a thing and I had to do that with two books that I was reading and I was kind of sad about it because I try to finish the book to the entirety but like mm-hmm. you said like sometimes it doesn't end the way we want it to or sometimes the writing is just so hard to get through that you don't finish it mm-hmm. no I think um it's really bad okay I'm I'm highly going to rethink this before I actually say it say it say it say it Okay, I've noticed this more with male writers. Oh, say it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. And here's the thing. Some of my favorite authors are men. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a shade to, like, all the male writers. I just have noticed that most often when I am skipping a lot of pages, it is actually a male author. Good to know. Generally an older male author. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Which I is don't funny know. Because Do you, oh no, go for it. I was gonna say that makes me realize that a lot of the authors that I read are women. <laughs> Which is probably why I'm like, oh, I don't really have that problem anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think before when I did, yeah, it would happen a lot. Yeah, it's just, it's really funny the way the way that that balances out. Because when I was going through my bookshelf, like trying to pick out these books, I was like, this is a lot of women. And then mm-hmm. I was like in my library account reading. I was like, a lot of women. So I was trying mm-hmm. to find some diversity in there. And I think all of my books, so I did Come Fly the World, When No One is Watching, and and okay, yeah, so two of my three that I talked about written by women. Mm-hmm. My remaining three also written by women. Yeah, what are your remaining three? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, no, my remaining two. Um, so oh, this one I two. actually pulled off of your bookstagram, Mexican <gasps> Gothic. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I had been wanting to read this one for a really long time. And then once I saw that you did, I went out and picked it up. Um, this is actually the copy I purchased. I got it from the library the first time. Um, and I'm absolutely obsessed with this book. I'm just going to say it is literally a Victorian gothic novel set in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And everyone needs to run and read it because it is fantastic. It's a plot twist for sure. So one of the things I particularly liked about this is that you don't have the typical Victorian gothic ending. No. So like usually I feel like most kind of like very clearly are closed. This one is very much poised for a sequel and I really hope that it happens. Yeah because the author she has another one called The Beautiful Ones which Mm -hmm. I thought would maybe be either like a sequel or a prequel. It's kind of similar along the same lines but yeah Mexican gothic was very very spicy. Um, Written by Silvia Moreno Garcia. Everyone go get it. And I also picked that one up for the same reason that I picked up Isabel Allende because I was like, oh, that sounds like a last name that I could have. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick it up and see what it's about. And so I liked it. So it was a really good read. Yeah. No, actually, I mean, maybe we just go there. Like, do you feel like you don't see a lot of girls like us on Bookstagram? Yes, let's go there. Woo! <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know if we're going to talk about it in this podcast or in a future one. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why I started my book. Instagram, um, mostly because I love, you know, Reese Witherspoon's book club, Oprah Winfrey's book club. And I know Oprah has some good ones on there too. And Reese does mm-hmm. too. But like, I wanted a Angela's book club, Estelle's book club. And one with more, I know that now in like 2020 and 2022, all that stuff that they're trying to highlight authors, women of color and other, you know, people of color, etc. Mm-hmm. which is great. But I know that a lot of the ones that are on book talk or that like are popular don't necessarily come from that same demographic and Mm -hmm. so just kind of like that's why I made my Instagram too because I know a lot of the books that I'm reading may sorry might not be on like the mainstream book talk um Mm -hmm. and so that's why I'm excited that you're making a bookstagram too because not only are we reading books from authors that do come from different backgrounds but our perspectives and our reviews on those books are also you know like different and diverse because Mm -hmm. you and I come from different you know like everyone comes from different backgrounds so it's just like Mm -hmm. another perspective to add to the book review world aside from what it currently is. No, exactly. I feel like so much of what I currently see on Bookstagram, whether it's like overall or just like based on my algorithm, like is like very much set to like the mainstream authors, like what's trending on Amazon or like what just like happens to be like a more popular author, like Colleen Mm -hmm. Hoover. And like, for Mm -hmm. example, the Alyssa Cole 
whole book. This came out, this was published in 2020. I got this in 2020. I have only seen this on Bookstagram now in 2022. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know, like I like kind of similarly to you, like when I was going through, like I couldn't find anyone that looked like me. I was like, maybe this is a fun way to like create a space, but I yes. also have like severe anxiety. So I've literally had my account name for a year and haven't done anything with it other than take a lot of photos on my phone. I actually, I was very shameless and just tried to like sit in my power. And I was in this really fun little like artist collective Ooh. in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. And these girls were there and I guess they have like a blog or something. And they asked if they could take photos for their website and tag the artist collective. So they were like, sure, absolutely do whatever you want. So I like went back a few days later and I had my stack of books. And I was like, can I take pictures and tag you in my bookstagram? <laughs> Cute. Did they say yes? They did. Yay. Okay. See, well, now I'm excited to see your bookstagram launch. It'll be very fun. We'll have to create like a fun little collab. We will. Cause I'm literally going to ask you for pictures of the books <laughs> that you recommended and I'm going to fit it to my format for my page. And also really quickly, one thing I forgot to mention about the Isabel Allende books is mm -hmm. to the pod peeps out there who do live in the Bay area, a lot of her stories or like not a lot, but some of her books do take place in San Francisco and like mm -hmm. surrounding Bay area. So that's really nice because every time I read the story, I think of you and Jay and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if they know like this part that she's referencing or like, I wonder if they walked on that trail that she's referencing in the book. So yeah, that's just a little note. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I did want to talk. I'm like, I wanted to talk more about bookstagram and representation. Oh, yeah. Can I say something else? Yeah. Yeah. So that's also why I wanted to name my Instagram Libros de Estelle. Because when I was looking for usernames, and I'm not sure if you could relate, like, um, what is it called? Like, bibliophile and, like, book nerd or, like, book this. You know, like, all the, like, mm -hmm. cliche book usernames that you can think of have already been taken. And so Libros is books. And so I'm like I don't know like I'm like okay I'll just do something in Spanish because you know I can speak Spanish and like it's, it's a little shout out to my cultural background and mm -hmm. then like nobody had that username so I took it and so I think it's also nice because I am trying to read more books in Spanish and not just books in Spanish but also just books and so not just books in Spanish but also just like books from more Asian American authors from black authors um just kind of like you know not the norm and like not mainstream authors so what were you gonna say though you got excited when I said books in Spanish. Um, I was gonna say, can we do like a crossover episode where we do like Spanish language only novels? <gasps> yes, please. Oh my God. And yes, I'd be so down. How I'm starting with that is that I actually bought a Spanish book at my at my mm -hmm. old work scholastic book fair. So I bought a book in Spanish because I think that's a good way for me to get back into reading it by reading children's like mm -hmm. teen, you know what I mean? Like um, middle school books, but in Spanish so that I'm not too overwhelmed by like adult Spanish. I love that. I think actually we went to this little like book collective a few weeks ago and I saw that they had the Spanish language version of a book that I really like. It's called, um, now I can't think of it. And it's called, let me Google it first. <laughs> ah, I know the author is Kylie Reed. Um, oh, it's such a fun age. Um, it's oh. written by Kylie Reed. I really, really like that book as well. And I saw that they had it in Spanish. So I thought I'm like, that would be perfect to try getting like into more I have like fairy tales in Spanish like water for chocolate oh like the classics like the Spanish literature yeah classics. like 
yeah, like I have those in Spanish. And so like, I love that, but I feel like I want to like rake into more. So I saw that they had this and I thought that it would be nice to read something that I already know to help myself transition. Yeah, because I Googled like, oh, how can I do that? What are some good steps? And one of the things they said was, oh, read a book that you've already read in Mm English or, you know, it doesn't have to be English, whatever your first language is. And then read the other book in the language that you're trying to Okay, but we're going to do a Spanish language books episode. We definitely need to talk more about representation on Bookstagram because I feel like, as you know from listening to the podcast, I'm really into the data. So I'd love to look more into it because I started using more of the creator account for the podcast. Ooh. So now I can like look at We can discuss that a little better. Yes. Yeah. No, that sounds fun. I- no, but thank you so much for joining me today, Stell. We're definitely going to have to have you back later in the season. We cannot wait an entire I know I'm just kidding (laughs) I know right I'm just kidding yeah no I would love to come back and I can talk to you about books we could talk about bookstagram more and definitely about representation and diversity and all that good stuff yeah and maybe the next time you join us too you can also talk to us about the grad school process oh yes and that's a whole other level of reading (laughs) so we could talk about that too (laughs) and on that note thank you for listening to in omnia paratus Grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate, download, and follow at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at InOmniaPod on Instagram and let us know what you'd like to hear about in the comments. And head on over to at Libros de Stel and let Stel know what you would like to hear her opinions on. Woo! Thank you!